So we are glad to see you here today on this day after Christmas, and I'd encourage you to take your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. I had a thought on Sunday morning as we were singing Christmas carols and uh, at church, or at least Christmas songs at church, and uh, I want to incorporate that thought into uh, a passage of Scripture today that I trust will be a an encouragement to us, uh, and I think we'll I think we'll be able to frame it in a way that makes sense. But this is a very familiar text. We've been here many times over the three years that we've been almost three years that we've been gathering together. Uh, this is <clears throat> where Philip is preaching in Samaria, and uh, really experiencing a tremendous working of the Holy Spirit. So he's in what we would refer to as a, maybe an awakening. It was uh, much fruit. And uh, uniquely, we pray that we'd be able to enter into a time of much fruit. And in this, <laughs> in this scenario, the Lord pulls, Stephen, or pulls Philip away from the fruit bearing, only to bear more fruit. But uh, so it's a unique environment. <clears throat> so Acts chapter 8 and verse 26 says, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. Now I'll pause there just for a second, just to call our attention to the fact that really we get a view of Philip's yieldedness to the Holy Spirit in this regard. He's um, listening. He's involved in ministry. He's involved in fruit bearing. He's involved in seeing people come to know Jesus as their Savior. Uh, and yet the Lord encourages or directs him to do something different. It was um, direction during a time of awakening. And God told him to leave that fruitful ministry and go elsewhere. That's just amazing to me. That's just uh, so, so beautiful as far as Philip's listening ear and attentiveness, but not only attentiveness, but yieldedness to the Lord's control, the Holy Spirit's control, even in, we would call that obedience, um, not knowing, uh, walking by faith, seeing fruit, but obeying to walk away. So verse 27 um, says, And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, and I'm going to use the kind of the American pronunciation of that. I think Greekly, Greekly it's Candace, but um, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning and sitting in his chariot. So probably very slow moving uh, caravan of royalty, of uh, really uh, administrative royalty. This is uh, um, a lot of pomp, a lot of uh, equi uh, equipment and horses, but they were probably moving very, very slowly, even 
many commentators would describe this as many people walking alongside the chariots. It was moving that slowly, but there was a, a difference in class between the people walking and the people in the chariots. Um, often the people in the chariots would never distinguish uh, the people walking, even by a conversation, unless they were commanding. But uh, he's sitting in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Hmm. Probably picked up a scroll um, along the way, probably in Jerusalem, picked up a, a piece of um, scroll that would have had Isaiah on it. This would indicate his wealth because these were very expensive. <clears throat> Verse 29, then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. Ah, I love it. Go near. I mean, the impression of the Holy Spirit on a tender heart. Go near and overtake this chariot. Verse 30. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? Now, this is striking. Um, so he's probably reading the Septuagint, the, the uh, Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures. And he's in Isaiah's prophecy. Um, and Peter is, or Philip, I keep saying all these names, not Stephen, not Peter, but Philip. Philip was so bold. I mean, he knows he's on the ground. He knows he doesn't have any audience with the person reading above him in the chariot. But yet, under the Holy Spirit's prompting and yieldedness and obedience, he speaks because the Holy Spirit told him to do it. Um, do you understand what you're reading? Now, <clears throat> this is the phrase that came to mind, to my mind, on Sunday morning. Because we often pray for people that have heard the scriptures preached on Sunday, that God would continue to work in their hearts on Monday and Tuesday or Wednesday after the sermon, even if there wasn't a maybe a visible response, that God would continue to work in their hearts. Well, think about what's gone on. And I, I was just thinking, you know, what's what's gone on all with the last two weeks? Let's say the last two weeks, maybe even since Thanksgiving. I mean, if you've been in stores, at least in the US, they start putting Christmas decorations even up even before the end of October. But um there's been Christmas carols being played, and in the Christmas carols, there's scripture. In our culture, people are getting scripture upon scripture, upon theology, upon descriptions of Christ for days and weeks. And they're singing these things. They're standing around family gatherings and even maybe workplace environment, and they're singing scripture. And they may be unbelievers, most of them obviously unbelievers, but they're singing sound theology. Um, I just was struck with this on Sunday morning as we were singing the Christmas carols with theological truths about Jesus of Nazareth and thinking how many people outside of church are singing these and we're singing them in church. And maybe God could use this scripture that they're singing, that they even know the word. They're not even singing from a script. They're singing from because it's they just know the, the words by heart. And could God... And obviously he could, but would God bury these things in the in their heart 
that they're singing and bring forth fruit. So here's the here's the the Ethiopian as he's reading God's word and Philip comes alongside him and says, "Do you understand what you're reading?" I would just love to think that there are many many people right now after Christmas that may even be thinking about what they've been singing for the last several weeks. And uh, may God use us somehow to connect the dots in their heart and their heads. So Philip really felt compelled compelled by the Holy Spirit um, to talk to this Ethiopian. And the Spirit's, if you would say, leading is so essential in evangelism. May we be so sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing in our hearts regarding those who may have questions. Um, sometimes I think he directs us to people that we have absolutely no idea how God's preparing their heart. Um, but he is, he is in verse 31. And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. You talk about a soft heart. Here's a, a member of the administration of royalty knowing that there's no business of a, of a walker by getting up in his chair. And he not only listens, but he invites Philip to come up into his chariot, um, an open stranger to join him. And there's probably many people besides Philip who are walking beside all these vehicles. Um, and this may not mean much to, to some, <clears throat> but uh, I was youth pastor for a long time in my early days of ministry. And uh, there were many times we would go to camp and we'd load up our buses at the youth group and we'd we'd go to camp for the summer for a week during the summertime. And I just made it a part of asking every single teenager, will you please go to camp? Because I know what they're going to get in evangelistic messages at camp. And um, I would even get pretty dogmatic. Okay, you don't need to stay at home. You need to come to camp. And almost every year after camp, um, young people would come to me and say, you know, thank you for asking me and even thank you for pushing me to go to camp. Because if you wouldn't have pushed me, I would not have gone and I would not have heard that. And God would not have worked in my life in such a degree. And uh, I would just encourage us, even if we have been denied, even if we have been resisted, that even, even the resistance can be a sign of the Holy Spirit's work in hearts. There may be open hostility but God's at work, and we we can we can count on that. Um, even if even if it doesn't work the first time, or the second time, or the twelfth time, or the twentieth time, uh, God's at work. Verse thirty-two, the place where in the the place in the scripture where he read was this, and then we have the text: He was led as a sleep a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, he, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Verse 34, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? And Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at, at the scripture, preached unto him Jesus. Such sweet words. Um, really, Philip responded to the eunuch's question 
by explaining how Jesus had fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy as the suffering servant. Philip had to know what he was talking about, and he did, but he got to connect the dots. Um, and even just the phrase, Philip opened his mouth, is striking to me. This is obedience. I don't know that this is going to help. It may get me in hot water, but I'm going to say it anyway. Philip opened his mouth. There are times, even as we've heard this morning, there are times when we get shut down. There are times when we, we meet hostility, but we've done our part. We were talking this morning. I have a, my wife has an uncle in the hospital who's 90 years old, probably won't live very long. Um, not sure of his salvation. And uh, we would love to know that he's a, a child of, of God. But uh, one of my daughters described, well, we've put the kindling, we've put the kindling around the fire. It's up to the Holy Spirit to light the, ki the kindling and, um, and, to, and to warm the heart toward the gospel. But we've done our part. So, Thank you for doing your part. Verse, um, I mean, if you, if you look at this, there's a, just a compulsion by the Holy Spirit to approach this wagon, and then there's the spirits leading in evangelism. Um, it's just amazing to me that even if we're sitting around people sitting singing Christmas carols, we just don't know what God's doing in their heart. But God does. Verse 36, now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It's a great example of the Spirit of God using the Word of God through a person of God. Um, I just think, and we've talked about this often as well, I think the parallel here between Jesus and the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And uh, there's just a, you know, did not our hearts burn within us? If we were walking with that group of people, we would not know what's going on in their hearts. Jesus did. But God used Jesus and his word and his testimony to connect the dots in these men's hearts. And um, so, I just walked away from the church service on Sunday morning thinking about this text and thinking, and I think this is a fitting parallel, uh, Psalm 63 talks about our culture being a, a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Um, we have this, this Philip and this eunuch in a desert place where no water is. Well, there was enough water to baptize him, evidently, but a, a desert place. But after Philip left the eunuch, the eunuch had been washed by the water of life. And uh, what, a, what a great story this is. And even paralleling what may be going on in people's hearts, even as they have sung of the Savior's birth and the, the, um, the, substitu the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ that's coming on the cross and the sacrifice that Jesus... We could pray that even now between Christmas and Easter, maybe God would bring many people to himself that are not believers now, but God would continue to work in their hearts and maybe use us to um, to reach them for Christ. So this is really kind of an awakening in a chariot. Um, we can pray for awakening in our, how, in our homes and our churches and our communities for the glory of the Lord Jesus.